Ken is already looking at me very, very, very. <laughs> so, yeah, I need, I need to qualify that. I said that already. Yeah. The, the point here is the letter of the Lord. You just don't read scriptures and say, because I read scriptures. No. Scriptures, a Buddhist can read it. A Hindu can read it. A Muslim can read it. If you read the scriptures apart from the Holy Spirit, that's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians that uh, the, uh, the, uh, the natural mind can understand the things of God. Is it because they cannot read? They can read. They go to Harvard, they go to Cambridge, they go to Oxford. They are intelligent people. But when it comes to reading scriptures, when you read it apart from the light that the Holy Spirit sheds, most people come to a different conclusion. So Jesus said to us in John chapter 17, verse 3. John 17, 3. He said, this is life eternal. Remember John 6, 39, 40. 39 says, search the scriptures. Verse 40 says, you need to come to me so I can give you life. Huh? Let me read it again. John 5, 39. You search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. So clearly here, Jesus' emphasis is me. Scriptures are good. They point you to me. But the ultimate goal is get to me. Verse 40, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. He didn't want them to just pack at letters. He wants them to come to his person. Okay? Now, in John 17, verse 3, it tells us, this is life eternal. What is eternal life? That you may get to know, that they may get to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Uh, if, we, if we connect this to John 10, 10, the thief come but to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I'm come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So the, at the end of the day, for you and I, as believers, we want to have abundant life. And abundant life is only found in a person. The person of Jesus Christ is the one that is all sufficient. Jesus alone is enough. That's how we got here. Amen? So, scriptures, at the end of the day, are pointers. They point us to a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and God wants us to know him. And so, on Sunday morning, on Sunday morning, I was showing us how people that have no biblical experience, people that have no biblical exposure, maybe that's even a better word, when they come when they have an encounter with the Lord Jesus, one-on-one, -on -one, they get results just like that. Yeah. Because they don't have any hoops to go through. They don't have any uh, things to online. They don't have any uh, religious background that tells them, no, you're not supposed to do this. You know, so all they know is Jesus. Yeah. Now, this explains why sometimes in so-called developing nations, when the gospel is preached, signs and wonders happen just like that. They have no background. They, 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 they don't know any better, so to speak. Whereas for me and you, you are praying and you're getting all kinds of messages where you didn't fast, you didn't pray, you didn't do this, you didn't do this to your wife, to your husband, I and mean, all kinds of things that's bombarding your mind, which readily you can, you, can, you can wave through them. But because of some things that you are aware of, if you are not careful, it mitigates against you getting the result, kind of result you need. Amen? So, so the emphasis that we're making is Jesus alone is enough. And we saw that through scriptures. We're heathens, Gentiles, 
pagans came in contact with Jesus and bang, they got results. And even Jesus marveled. So the idea here is you and I read scriptures and let the scriptures point us to the person of Christ and let's strive to intimately know him. Amen? And we get to do that by focusing on him. And we're going to go. So anyway, so Sunday morning, I gave two points already. I gave two points. Oh, okay, let me, let me read one more scripture. Second Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. In the Amplified, I like the Amplified. Uh, so this, this is what the Amplified says. For as many as are the promises of God, they all find their yes, in parenthesis, answer in him, Christ. You see that? All the promises of God find their answer in Christ. For this reason, we also utter the amen, which means so be it, to God through him in his person and by his agency to the glory of God. In other words, all the promises that God has made, all of them find their answer in the person of one person, Jesus. They are all yes in and through Jesus. And so for me and you, we say, when we say amen, we say amen through the person and the agency of the Lord Jesus to the glory of God. Amen? So on Sunday morning, I covered two things about the sufficiency of the Lord Jesus. Number one, I said he saves. And I'm not going to go over that any longer tonight. In other words, he is the only one that has the capacity to save us. He was the one that went on the cross, paid the price in full for our sins. And God says to us in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that God, uh, that he who knew no sin became sin for us so that, so that through him we can become the righteousness of God in and through Christ Jesus. Amen. There's no other name given under heaven where no one can be saved except the name of Jesus Christ. He's the only Savior. Number two, Sunday we mentioned that he's perfect. In other words, me and you are a work in progress. Even though from God's perspective, we are already finished. But in daily, on a daily basis, we, see the, we have seen the increasing manifestation of our perfection in and through Christ Jesus. Amen. Number three, and this is what we pick up tonight. We can go to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. So he saves, he perfects. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Well, we can start from verse 2. Verse 2 and 3. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. The point here being, not only does he save us, not only does he perfect us, he also equips us. He gives you and I tools. He equips us with whatever we need in order to function for his honor and for his glory. Amen? God will never call you to do anything for which he has not adequately prepared you, even though you may not think you are prepared. You may not even know that you are prepared. 
But by the time you step into that role or try to function in whatever area God is calling you in, you will see that God's agency has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness that allows you to be able, that rather, that, that makes you be able uh, to function in what he has called you to do. Amen? So for me and you, we need to know this and we need to believe this. It is as you believe these things that you can begin to see the manifestation. Amen? So it saves us, it perfects us, it keeps us, and number four, it blesses us. It blesses us. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Ephesians 1, 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Every born again believer, you came with a package deal. Every born again believer, you came blessed. But that blessing again is found in Christ Jesus. Not apart from Christ Jesus. Found in Christ Jesus. Amen? So it said we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. When you want to try to break that down, I mean, it goes on on and on and on and on. Jesus is your treasure. It's your strength. Jesus is your uh, uh, peace. It's your righteousness. It's everything you need. Everything you need. And what needs to happen is that you and I need to not only just read this, we need to embrace this. So no matter where you are, no matter what you are, what's happening to you, you need to be able to say, God, I thank you for that blessing. Whether I need peace, Jesus, you are my peace. Because peace is a blessing. I have it. Romans chapter 1, verse 5 and 2 tells us that. Is it strength you need? You're weak, you're, you need strength. Jesus, you are my strength. I receive the strength. It's a blessing from God. You know, in him is all things that, everything that we really need. Everything. It's all sufficient for everything and every situation. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. It's one thing to know this, it's another thing to believe it. That's where the rubber meets the road. Believing it, and when there's a demand placed upon you to step up and say, you know what? God, I believe you. I believe that Jesus, you are my peace. I believe you are my strength. I believe you are my righteousness. I believe you are the treasure. You are my treasure. Amen? I believe you are my provision. Whatever the, whatever the case may be. That's huge. Right now for all of us, the, the difference in the manifestation and the change we are looking for is a matter of believing, actively believing that Jesus is who we say he is. Okay, let, let, me, let me say it another way. Because especially when it comes to the issue of faith or believing, uh, if the Allah is getting results consistently, and I'm praying over the same thing, and I'm not getting a result. There's a likelihood that I think uh, Diola has more faith than I do. And when I start thinking like that, I feel like he's adequate, I'm inadequate. Something's wrong with that thinking. Because that's not the way God designed it. When we talk about faith and believing, what we are really saying is, 
Jesus, when you hung on that cross, now, is this a dialogue between you and Jesus? Jesus, did you believe when you hung on the cross that through your pain and suffering on the cross, blessings will come to bank? Did you hear, did you hear what I just said? Jesus, did you believe that when you hung on the cross, the purpose for which you're on the cross, with this cross that you are bearing, will it bring a blessing to the other's life? Did Jesus believe that when he hung on the cross? I, absolutely. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's why he did it. So my part in that is to say, Jesus, I believe you believed. I believe when you hung on that cross, you, Jesus, believed that your hanging on the cross would benefit bank. That's huge. Because now when you are thinking like that, the pressure is not on me to believe to get anything. Ah, think about what I just said. Did I, did I, did I, throw, did I confuse you? Okay, let me go to Kenny. Kenny is my... Go to, <laughs> if, I can, if I can get Kenny to understand what I just said, I'm, 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 I'm home free. No, seriously, Galatians 2.20. Let somebody open Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. My old man is crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. What translation is that? Can somebody give it to me in the original King James? That's, that's good. That's good. Can, can, but can somebody give it to me in King James itself? You're going to see a big difference. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Ah! Do you hear what Paul said? The, the life that I now live, how am I living it? By the faith of. Not in. Do you see the difference? So I'm not living on the basis of my faith in the Son of God. That faith lacks. I'm living based on the faith of the Son of God. So the question is, Jesus, did you have faith when you hung on the cross? And that, we can all answer that easily. He just answered it for us. He had faith. He believed that his being on the cross will get some results. So the question is, Brian, can you agree with what Jesus already saw? Because now I'm not trying to get anything done in my own faith now. No. I'm riding on his faith. The faith of the Son of God. And if anybody had faith, Jesus had faith. Hebrews tells us that. He's the author and the finisher of what? Of our faith. So Paul says, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So why did you, why did you give yourself? Because I love you. So what's the reason of you loving me? I'm going to bless you. Huge. So now it's not a matter of me saying, ah, I don't have enough faith. The other has more faith. No, it's now a matter of me believing that Jesus had the faith when he did what he did. 
I come in agreement with Jesus. Huge difference. Amen? So he saves us, he perfects us, he keeps us, he blesses us. Number five, from Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, he completes us. He completes us. It's all sufficient. He completes us. He that began a good work in us is the one that's going to perfect, finish, and complete it. So you can be rest assured that we are not going to be another abandoned project. It completes us. That's why we are his workmanship. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. We are his workmanship. Jesus will not make a furniture that will not finish. He will not make a bank accumulator that will not complete. <laughs> he will complete us. So wherever you are in life, just, 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 just factor in the fact that the Son of God, who began a good work in you, is the one that's also going to finish it. He will. We just have to stand still long enough to see him do it. Amen? Number six, Philippians 4.19. I think everybody knows that scripture. My God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He provides. He provides. He provides. You and I just have to enter and get into that place where we really just are comfortable in just knowing Jesus. Ah. Okay, so I had an unexpected blessing that came to me on Sunday. Money. But immediately that money touched my hand. I knew it was not mine. I knew it. I knew that this money does not belong to me. So I made a deposit and I said to God that I know that this money is not mine. I'm just waiting for you to let me know what to do. Now, when I'm saying that, am I saying that because I have no need? No! I'm saying that because in my relationship with Jesus now, I'm, I'm not just having lip service to say he provides. I'm having a heart understanding that everything need for Bank Akimola is in and through the Lord Jesus to be met. But if I believe that, I can't just say when I have money is mine and when I don't have God is on you. You can't do that. So, I, 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 I had a meeting this evening. Not the meeting you just saw me have. Sakene, because I don't want to give up the spirit of work. <laughs> Ken is my friend, so I can't. I can, I can. And as I was, as I was in that meeting, it became obvious to me that the money that I'm holding belongs to the person I'm talking to. Yeah. So I got, I got to the church and immediately just went on the app and sent the money. And, and, and f- so, first of all, the moment I got that understanding, I felt tremendous wave of peace. Even before I did it, tremendous wave of peace. God, wow, this is the way you really work? Because when I, from, not, from knowing that I'm a vessel, that the money is in my hand, but it's not mine, until Wednesday, because I didn't touch it, until Wednesday when I now I dispatched it, I was just in a waiting mode. But I'm saying this to say the fact that I truly believe that God provides. 
I cannot tell you places that I've been, things I've been putting in my hand that, that will blow a human being's mind. But, I, but, but I, I've come to realize I can't make it happen. Oh, and by the way, it's not because you're gay. Oh, my goodness. No. It's not because I sow this seed. This one. No, no. So I'm not saying to you now that I gave this now because God is going to No, 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 no. If you are still thinking like that, you are an elementary. Because the Bible says God reigns on the just and the unjust. Okay? People that don't know him at all, that don't know Jack, God's taking over the responsibility of providing for them. So we don't give to get. That is old theology. It is wrong. You will never hear me use Luke 6 at 8 again to receive an offering. Give and it shall be given. Good measure. President, shaking together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. <laughs> there, there, there is nothing that's further from the truth than that, ever. Because you are saying to me that because you gave to the Holy God, now God is obligated to give to you. Are you kidding me? No, God, God is bigger than that. God is bigger than that. He wants a relationship with us. He wants to know that we, we trust in his provision. We trust in his love towards us. And when that happens, there is nothing you and I have that we are not willing to give away. Knowing fully well that when there's a need in your life, you don't have to beg and moan and groan. And, and No, God is a good God. So I'm, I'm not saying to you tonight that I gave because I'm expecting something. No! I gave because of my romance and my love with Jesus. And because I recognize there's nothing in my life I need, he has not already taken care of. But not only that, I'm the one that received the blessing. I'm just telling you that just knowing that he wants me to do it, the peace that came upon me. And the person, they don't even know that I was going to do that. I didn't tell them anything. I just knew. I heard the voice. And I closed the door here and took care of my business. But I can do that only because I know he's a provider. He's a provider. Not only does he provide for you, he provides for your household and those connected to you. Man, let me, let me read the scripture here, Isaiah 54. God is good. Correct. <laughs> okay, there's no problem. The issue is knowing what, how shall I put this? The issue is seeing Jesus as the solution. So I'm not saying I have to have faith to bring what Jesus has done to me. I'm saying I simply believe that Jesus, when, this, when you went to the cross, your cross brought this to me. I know you believe it. I accept it. Do you see the difference? Okay, what I'm trying to say to you is the way we normally use the word believe and pray, the onus and the responsibility is on me. When it's on me, it's back to works. Yes, it's back to works. Because now I have to have enough faith to make something happen. So when it happens, I take the credit. I have faith. Do you understand that? That is no different from what Moses did. Because I'm back now on what I was able to do. But when I reverse it, 
and say, I'm living by the faith of the Son of God. It's no longer on me. Okay? Jesus, when you went to the cross and paid this price, I know you believed in doing so that something is coming to me. And because I, I know you believe it, I accept it. Hmm? I believe you believe. Exactly. That's it. It's huge. It's a big difference. Because now the monkey's off my back. I am not trying to muster faith. Now, what I now need to know the word for is to know what Jesus paid price for. And what he believed. So, so really, what I'm believing, I'm believing in his finished work. Yeah. And the father, he knows, because why, why will he go, you, you said it rightly, why will he go to the cross not knowing that he's going to get the result? Yes, Jenny. And this thought came to me, and I don't know if it's aligning with what she just said. Yeah. You know what? It was like, don't praise God because you, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't be praising God or praising God because I think it is my praises that will make him God. Exactly. I don't know if you, <laughs> you, don't you know, know right. it's, it's we, different. We, yeah, <laughs> you get it. <laughs> Do you understand? It's not that God, yeah. I worship you. Okay, so because I call you Kabisi, that's why that's you are Kabisi. No. That's what we've been taught. because... He's already it. Yes. That is why. You are affirming what he already is. So if, so in the case of praying to, you are affirming what he, even though you are still asking. Yes, yes. But the, the, the thinking should be affirming that because he has done it, you yes. have it. Okay, yes. I just wanted to be sure I yeah. got it. No, you're right. I know I could have, I had right, but I wasn't. <laughs> As mighty as prayer is. Yes. We say as believers, we must ask ourselves certain fun questions. How many things have you gotten without praying for? Without what? Without praying for it. Okay. So if, do you know that you've gotten more things you didn't pray for? That's right. Don't say that in Nigeria. <laughs> and it's, but it's correct. Please that's, check your life. There are more things that you didn't pray for that have come your way than things you pray for that didn't come. That's correct. Absolutely correct. And that's the essence. That's where God is trying to get us to. To know him. Yeah. And look at what the Bible says. Yeah. It says, before the caller will answer. Yes. So that's still in the Bible. Yes. Before the call, I will answer. Why they are here speaking, I will hear. Uh, <laughs> No, you're correct. You're absolutely correct. Yes, again, again, look at what happened to believers. So, Heneta, she's an intercessor. Praying six hours a day is no problem for her at all. Another believer, six minutes, they fall asleep. Do, do you understand the condemnation? And they're both children of God? And God loves them both? Do you understand that? But the, the, the so 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 now Jesus said, "Man should always pray and not offend." Luke eighteen one, it's true. But but when he said that, what is he talking about? The point is, he wants you and I to be focused on who he is 
And for that, I don't have to go to a prayer mountain to do that. I can be driving in my car and say, ah, Jesus, you are my righteousness. Ah, look at the life. What, is it, what have I done to deserve all of this? Just having a conversation. All day long. Now, I'm not saying you cannot pray six hours straight. That's, it's, for, no, it's a place for that. But what has happened to us is we've majored on a minor and minor on a major. And Jesus is saying, get back to the Paul said, who has deceived you from the simplicity that is found in Christ? That's the point. Yes, and this I just looked at it about this simplicity and Jesus is more than enough. Yeah. Like we are saying on Sunday that unbelievers and could they just get it from God because like they don't complicate issues. No! I remember that at our wedding, yes, it was after it happened, a Muslim gentleman came. I don't know what he talked to God about. I don't know. Yeah, he wanted a child. Okay. And okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, the, the All Souls Church, Bodija, where we got married, at the time when we got married in 1997, it was not complicated. It was just Now, we don't know who invited this Muslim gentleman. So the guy didn't have a child. So when the you know, uh, pastor was, he just said, just pray as God for anything you wanted. And the Muslim guy yeah. said, Lord, if you give me a child, I will complete this church. Wow. He just prayed the prayer within himself. Okay, All right. if everything they are saying here is true. Yeah. And Jesus, you are really good. Give me a child and <laughs> I will complete this church. This is a cathedral. Yes. And then a couple of months later, or maybe about a year or so later, ah, they changed the order, bought new, ordered new kind of windows, new kind of doors. The guy just showed up and said, How much do you need to complete this church? And they gave him. that church and he simply told God, well, I'm a Muslim. I came for so, 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 so wedding and this was the prayer I prayed and the other said, give me a child. Now, do you know that the pastor would pull him aside and say, God will not answer that prayer because you're a Muslim. Do you see our problem? Yes! Now, there's another one that is interesting that was, this was, a, this was, a, Pastor Bank, you need to listen, this was shared by Itwai Godalo. Itwai Godalo said, he went to somebody's office, a Muslim man. I don't know what he said he went to do. So while he was there, somebody called his phone. He was a church member. And told him certain things. And so he was telling the person on the phone, just told the man he went to see in the office, please just uh, hold on, you know, sorry if you don't mind, let me just answer this call. So he told his, the church member over the phone, don't worry, everything is going to be okay. Read Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 to 14. He says this, he says this, this, he just pray with it and meditate on it and this and this and this. The Muslim man wrote it down. <laughs> so, but he didn't say anything. Apparently, the Muslim man was also, you know, believing God for something. So, it was says the next time he went to see the man, he said the first thing the Elijah told him, Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 14. <laughs> Deuteronomy 28. 
what? He didn't even remember. So he said, ah, I was not real Joe at the expo. That we also have seen, you know, the secret. So you came here the other day, you are telling someone to go and read the Tommy 28, 1 to 14, and go and pray with it. I wrote it, and I also went home. I went to get a Bible. I read it to me. I also prayed with it. God has done it for me too. Can you say this? So I, that, that's what Jesus was telling those guys in John 5, 39. Ye search the scriptures, and think in them you have life. But they are those, they are that which testify of me. I am the I, I am the key. That's what I meant when I say it's not the scriptures. Not to say you should not read scriptures. <laughs> but, but, but the point is, Jesus is the central, singular, only figure. Yes. Father, help us tonight to make the transition to come to that place where we have interface. Epignosis knowledge of who you are. Growing in that knowledge. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen.